Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 77 of the Tutus podcast. I am Nana. I am Rose. And together we are Tutus. <laughs> What's up? How you feeling? How you doing? <laughs> it has been just such a busy week. It feels like the weekends are just as busy as the weeks now. This is... Listen, Rosie, when I say, yeah, <laughs> when I say, yeah, listen, your weekend was busy. My weekend was busy. We weren't even together. We weren't even busy together. We was busy separately. Life is life in. Life is life in. But, you know, we got to get our episode out because we know there are people that we got to answer to. Do you know what I'm saying? But apart from that, I'm good. Apart from that, I'm good. You yeah. know? I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Cool. So this week, oh, last week, um, last week Friday, yeah, yeah, Billy Porter revealed something that was quite shocking. Were you shocked? I was shocked. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. I was shocked, guys. Is that Billy Porter revealed that he is HIV positive? Yeah. And he spoke about in an interview just about like what's that been like for him filming, basically. Filming post, yeah, reliving it, reliving his trauma, yeah, yeah. And he spoke about what that was like. He spoke spoke about um having HIV. Spoke about why he mentioned it now. Mm. I'm surprised. I'm. I was. I think for me, the biggest shock of it all was like none of his cast members knew. No one knew. I think he only he's only he only told like one person or something like no one knew no right. one knew and he was living his life and he was reliving his trauma on pose and he felt like he was now ready to come out and tell the world and you know it takes a lot of courage to do that because he was initially scared of of telling people and being public with it because he thought people were going to judge him he thought you know like he wouldn't get anywhere in his career if he came out with it so obviously these are real real struggles and you know like these are just real things real concerns you know and that you know it happens people are ostracized and all of that when they come out with their status, with their HIV status, um, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what was really, what was really um, like crazy to me was his character. He was saying his character missed another pill that's come out. There would yes, um, yeah, by a year, mm-hmm. and he was able to receive it. He's able to now live a flourishing life that pray tell mm-hmm. wasn't able to live. And to me. That's imagine how he felt like because he's probably had friends. He he lost he did lose friends. Yeah, he lost friends. You know, he lost friends. Pray tell Mm. something that he's emotionally invested in because it's a character he plays out Mm. that could have been him. Like not only did he lose that, but people he actually knew and had actual emotional connections with also missed out. Yeah, imagine like when he caught it. That means it was it was very much still a stigma to even be open about it. Yeah, it's getting over the stigma yourself mm. you probably have the stigma too you haven't enough information about it mm. and that takes years it remember the mental toll that takes yeah yeah and all of this it's true and the fear I feel like the fear of you know 
the fear of people knowing will it stops people from getting the help that they need or from getting the right information that they need because they're so scared to even talk about it. They're so scared of it to be, to even say it because then it's real. Like that stops people from getting the help that they need. And that's why we need to stop with the, you know, with the misconceptions and the negativity and also got, seek information. This is the thing. Like, I feel like we just listen to what people say. We might listen to what our parents say and they don't even have the right information. And then we're passing all of that on and it's all totally wrong. And it's just a vicious cycle. Stigma is as bad. I feel like, I don't know. Like, I can't speak on that because I'm, I'm not a person with a positive status, but... I can only imagine that people are still, you know, people are still really frightened of this virus. And I feel like that plays, that manifests in different ways of them just not only being ignorant, but being nasty and negative. So I definitely feel like, you know, it's still, there's still stigma attached to it. Yeah. Mm. I think there is still a stigma. I don't think it's as strong as it once was. I remember watching this Oprah interview one time back in the day, yeah. Mm. And they were talking about gay people, but they were also speaking about AIDS as well. Mm-hmm. And the crazy stuff they were saying, it was just you could just know there was no knowledge and no education around right. what HIV was. Mm. And like for me, like personally, I would say that it wasn't up until maybe six years ago that I would say the stigma for me mm-hmm. around it really I think I wasn't it wasn't that stigmatized for me anymore when I actually met somebody who was positive mm. and obviously I had known them for a certain amount of time before finding out and yeah it wasn't my business to find out anyway but mm-hmm. anyway they I did find out and to me that's what I was like raw oh, this is just so and so this is like I loved one this yeah. is this doesn't really change my view on who they are. Yeah. And, and it also encouraged me to look into a little bit more as well. Cause I didn't understand that they would do a test, but they were negative. So I was just, I remember saying, yeah, I have a HIV positive. Mm. Like, I thought they were just chatting shit mm-hmm. and actually going to actually do some research. made me realize, okay, these people are just living a normal life. Like you and I, like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's just that they have this thing in their system, but with the medication, they are actually fine. They're, they're undetected. Like, yeah undetective that they're not going to touch you you're going to catch it like yeah. it's, just, it's just not that do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and but it took for it to be around me for me to take that education and I think that even comes with being gay a lot of people are homophobic until that yeah it's very unfortunate but yeah yeah and then I have a family member who is gay that's when they're now oh shit like, mm. I, I better check myself mm-hmm. if you're lucky some people don't want to bother to check themselves yeah um, I think it's the same thing with that and but where, where the stigma is still so harsh mm-hmm. not that many people are going to come out and tell you they have HIV exactly. mm-hmm. even we go now go and educate yourself people should just educate themselves anyway because it's, it's something that we should rely on them mm-hmm. to we should just educate ourselves. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't think I educated myself. And like, do you know what? I'd always known about it or read up on it at some points in my life, but it wasn't until Pose came that I really done that in-depth Mm-hmm. Like reading It wasn't until then I did that in, in-depth in reading Do you know what I'm saying? Because I was like Okay, cool Like I just want to know more I think even like When I used to watch Grey's Anatomy the, There was an episode about You know, when 
HIV first, like when people started, you know, catching it in, in America. Um, and that's when I first started like looking, looking up on it. But like, it's just, it's just one of those things that I think people need to be educated on um, um, and a bit more sensitive about it as well. Like, it's just, it's just, these, these are human people. You need to just respect people on a human level. It's that simple. Yeah. That simple. And so, yeah, I felt watching that, you know, that, that clip of Billy Porter, that, and just, and not only that, but like him demanding respect, mm. not only as a person that is HIV positive, but as a person that is queer, as a, a black queer person, a black queer man, mm-hmm. that, spoke to me I'm not a black queer man but that spoke to me mm-hmm. that spoke to me you're a black queer woman and you know you can kind you can kind of relate on a, you can definitely relate on a level of blackness mm-hmm. um you can kind of relate on a level of being queer we're both queer but we have our different struggles of being queer because you're a lesbian or you're pan mm-hmm. and he is gay like we it's different but we have yeah seen- yeah kind of you can kind of relate to some extent but we can't relate to the fully yeah pressure of now being having hiv as well mm-hmm. and he wouldn't be able to relate on and the pressure of being a woman as well do you know right. what i mean right, right. But, um, yeah. But yeah do you know one pit do you know the bit that really stuck out to me this, this is the number one pit that stuck out to me yeah mm-hmm. is when he said that when you come out your spiritual your spirituality is stolen from you because yeah. it's can't be gained be, do you know what I mean and you're stripped of your, your um, spirituality that spoke to me so many queer people can relate to that it's mm-hmm. so sad as you know like as black people we do come from you know spirituality and and faith is a big plays a big part in our in our lives you know but a lot of us was brought up in the church you know what I'm saying and as soon as you we come out it's just like oh you can't be queer and a Christian or you, you know do you know what I mean and the bruv, like it took me back to a to, to the time when I was, you know, I finally realized that my sexuality or the feelings that I was having wasn't a phase. Yeah. And then and, and at that point I was like heavily in the church. I was heavily in the church at that time. And that shit broke me. Like mm-hmm. I can't, and that's why when we had the good rev on our podcast, I was you know, I was, I was really emotional during that, that, you know, that recording because it touched me. Like, I wish I had him when I was going through that to tell me that it was okay. And God loved me and I could still be, you know, a Christian and go to church and, and all of that, because it's, su- it's something that is so very, very true. Mm-hmm. It's you know? like, it's a part of who we are. It's not, mm. it's not upbringing. Like mm-hmm. for those of us who had Christian upbringings, it's just the upbringing and for it to be taken away from you, yeah, when you come out, there is a certain grief that comes with that that I don't think we speak about enough as well. Yeah. Like, it's it's low-key a part of trauma as well. Yeah. A yeah. part of your identity like, stripped away when you come out and it's not something that you've chosen. Like, I don't think I chose to step away from the church. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt like I put I was pushed away from the church. I felt like I didn't belong to the church, and I and it wasn't. I felt like I remember once saying to myself, "If I get married in the church, I am disrespecting God because it's not something that God." Mm. Yeah. And 
where have I learned that? I've learned that from people, from not from people, God, not from, not from the Bible. I've learned that from people. Yeah. And those people is who have stripped away my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And when Patel said that, I was thinking, oh shit. It's, it's so true. Like, it's so true. I remember coming out and um, my brother was the f- one of the first people I told because at the time I was going to his church mm-hmm. and I told him and he was very nice about it. I think I've said this before. He was very nice about it, but he was just like, this is it's not natural. It's not normal. It's not what God wants. And it's, you know, this is just the devil trying to, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. pull you away from God. And I believed it. I believed what he was saying to me. I believed those things. And, you know, the, isolation that I felt I felt so distant from God and that's not what I wanted at the time I felt so distant and that definitely propelled me into a state of depression you know when I was like nine was it 18 or 19 and you know instead of that I should have been given support I should have been told that you know it was okay to be who I was and still believe in God but no I wasn't and you know it is trauma when I think about it now I'm just like fuck that was a that was a hard time in my life. That was a very yeah, and, and you never really deal with it. No, it, it's just something you just push to the back of your mind. You do, and you keep running away from your faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you keep and you never feel safe. You never feel safe among people who claim to be Christians or people, oh. religious people. You never. You know what's funny? Yeah, whenever somebody has a church, a church, a Bible scripture in their bio. Mm, I run away. Oh, you see, yeah. before you back on me <laughs> when I was single. Yeah. And obviously I'll be on the, I'll be on Twitter or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, this girl's nice. I go on their page and they have a Bible script up at abort (laughs) abort mission. (laughs) Abort mission. Saying that not all of, not all of, you know, these people who claim to be Christians, not all of them are like that. Not all of them believe that we are wrong and we are doing something wrong, you know? I feel like um, things have changed a lot and people are learning new things. Like, I feel like, I think there was like an article, I can't remember if it was in Pink News, but it was just basically denouncing all of these things that are in the Bible that pertains to homosexuality. Um, but I can't remember if it was Pink News or not, but basically what we were saying, it was like a study of theology. And basically what we were saying is that the word homosexuality is was relatively new like in the bible it, i think it was the 60s i'm like listen don't yeah. quote me mm-hmm. you see that don't yeah. quote me on the on the on um. the decade because <laughs> i can't i don't know for um for sure but i remember it saying that you know it was a relatively new word and it came from the word pedestry or pedestry which means um pedophilia and obviously because people want had their own agenda you know they remixed it and um now we have homosexuality in the Bible and it's not even about us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not even about us, you know? Yeah, so Again, that comes down to people. People, exactly, and not God. So and for anyone out there, you know, that is dealing with this and having a hard time, um, you know, being who they are and keeping hold on keeping hold of their spirituality or religion we are with you we understand you we're thinking of you and you know god loves you mm-hmm. so yeah yeah man so and also like props to to billy porter you know? yeah that takes a lot of courage to say it and to say it was so much like conviction as well like he was just like this is who I am. I was meant to be here. I was, I, I was meant to survive to tell this story, mm-hmm. you know, to tell the stories of people who, you know, who didn't get a chance to tell their own story. All right. So cool. Ghana. 
Ghana is moving backwards when it comes to LGBT. <sighs> I don't know what is happening. I don't know what is in the water in Ghana, but it is they they are moving mad. Um, this is so embarrassing. Like it's so embarrassing. Like I feel like we would. It was only like yesterday when we was on YouTube talking about how you know people mind their business in Ghana. Obviously, there are certain laws that prohibit queer people from you know just loving each other. But you know. They mind their business. I feel like that that was just the other day. But and here we are today. Here we are today where that is actually not the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, so on Friday, 21 people were arrested. And do you know what they were doing? They were arrested on Thursday, but they were remanded on Friday. Arrested on, on Thursday, remanded on Friday. They were having a training session. <laughs> they were having an LGBT training session. Can you imagine? Like, come on. Is that not insane that you'd arrest 21 people for having a training session? The thing is, yeah, they, what they, they said they've arrested them for promoting LGBT. and But that is not even unlawful. They haven't, they haven't stated why they're arrested yet. Mm. And, and what they were doing, they weren't doing anything unlawful. The only thing that's been unlawful here is the arrest is unlawful. They haven't given them a reason why they've been arrested. Nothing. They have not been given access to lawyers, to representation. <sighs> Nothing. Just just been remanded. Just God knows what's happening to them right now. Exactly in in prison. God knows, like because there's no protection for them. Mm-mm. There's no protection for them. I just can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that this is happening. Like, and boy. Anyway, there's a GoFundMe that I've seen LGBT rights Ghana yeah. are raising money for them to get like basic things when they are let out of prison. I don't know when that's going to be, but, you know, we will link the, we'll put the link in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just so like, it just like what, what I feel so helpless. Like what can we actually do? That's the thing. When these things happen in Africa or in, in any other country, what can we even do? I, sometimes it even feels bad, like telling them we're standing in solidarity in them. Because mm. like, what is the solidarity gonna I do? Say, yeah, what is it gonna do? I don't know. We're still going to bed in our mm. England. We're protected by all these laws. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if someone even murmurs a homophobic slur towards us, mm-hmm. then we have got all the protection in the world against even just that. But then these people, they are getting the worst of it, and it's like even Nigeria. I watched the video. After they trigger warning, trigger warning, yeah. violence. Yeah, I watched the video in Nigeria the other day. A video there were trans, there were trans women in the club. It showed them having a great time, having fun, all of that. And then two twos now they were being stripped in the club. Yeah, the whole club was recording them, stripping them down, and God knows what happens to them after that. Exactly. Oh, no, what happens to them after that? And the video was just very graphic, and it was like one of the saddest things I've seen in such a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was just like they weren't being treated like human beings, and that was in front of camera. Imagine what's happened to these twenty-one people that have been arrested in Ghana. There's no camera, right? There's, there's no, no camera. Happened to them. They can get away. Like these, these you know, police officers and these government officials are just getting away with so much shit because then nobody is there to document it. Like at least here, I mean, like you know, shit is bad everywhere, isn't it? But like at least here, we have we can have we can have our cameras out. We can record stuff when we see it. But there, we don't. Recording stuff is proof that this is wrong. Their recording stuff is 
I'm going to embarrass you because you shouldn't yeah. be. Yes. I'm going to shame you. I'm going to embarrass you. It's so dehumanizing. Like, I just can't believe what is going on. Like, <sighs> do you know what? There is a there is um the director of LGBT rights Ghana, um, Alex. Mm-hmm. He is really outspoken and he he's just a very brave person and he's very visible as a black gay man in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Even throughout anything that happens in Ghana, he's just always visible mm-hmm. and you know, like, and the safe house was also, he was part of the safe house. I think it was him, mm-hmm. him that started the safe house. Him and us, a few others. And him just being a voice for everything. I just have to give it to him. Like, his name's Alex Kofi Donko. He is the director of LGBT rights Ghana. And he really tries. He really tries. Yeah, yeah. That's such a brave thing to do because I just can't imagine, like, living in a place where, like, literally people will be shouting and even me beating you up. So it's not only just, mm-hmm. like, you know, verbal abuse, it's physical abuse, like, you can be subjected to. And for him to be so brave, like, I just can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't imagine. You know? He's, um, he gave a, tele- a television interview about the 21 people that have been arrested, like... Mm. I'm just speaking about, you know, like why is this happening? Like, and he said he just he mentions in there that this there's rumors going around in Ghana saying that gay people have to wear pampers because of their lifestyle. But this is what I'm saying, it's so what? outrageous. And this is the thing, guys, you can't argue with Africans. I'm telling you this now. Oh. It doesn't matter if they're Ghanaian, it doesn't matter if they're Nigerian. You Ugandans, you can't argue with them because they've got answer for everything. Like they, yeah. they will just troll you. They will troll. No how outlandish the answer outlandish. is. They'll still, they will have an answer, and it, it will be the most ridiculous thing ever. Like gay people wearing, you know, nappies. When he said that, so what he said a few other things, and it was just like these people are just so uneducated, and the fact that he's willing to educate these people who are committed to misunderstanding—that's like that's just one thing I don't like to do. But he's willing. Yeah. I can't imagine it because I feel when I think about, you know, the little bit of homophobia, I mean, homophobia is homophobia, but in comparison to what they are subjected to in those countries, I can't, I don't have it in me. I don't have the capacity, you know, that's my favorite word. I don't have the capacity to be explaining things to people that don't want to understand. They, they, you know, their goal is to misunderstand. I, I don't know how he's doing it. I really don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. And it's just... Oh, the, the security that he must have around him or the lengths that he must go through for him to be safe must mm-hmm. be unimaginable. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to be careful who his friends are. Yeah. He has to be careful what shop he goes to. He has to be careful, like, if he jumps in the Uber and his address is in the... In, do you know what I mean? He probably yeah. has to be Because he's so visible. To me, I think he's the most visible Ghanaian queer people that I, that I know anyway. It's really dangerous. It's really dangerous. Do you know what? Yeah, people, I see that, you know, all these LGBT rights organizations will be calling for Ghanaian people to stand up for what's right. And I get that we need solidarity and we need allies and we need even, you know, the Ghanaian queers to stand up for what's right. But at the same time, there is a danger there in standing up. Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't blame people, especially who live in the country that do not, you know, Stand up because 
It's dangerous. The, homopho- the homophobic people have the narrative on what queer people are over there. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just what the narrative is, is controlled by the homophobic people. Mm-hmm. And but it's interesting because there's a lot of people in Ghana who are also on the side of queer people. They're on the side of human rights in yeah. general. Yeah. And like, remember I was saying, yeah, that uh, my mum was in the Facebook comments of this lesbian couple. So there's this lesbian couple that are based in the in Milton Keynes. They've got five kids and they're Ghanaian and they they're very Ghanaian. That they're born mm. there. I think they've been here for very long. That they're, they're married, they've got five kids, and they've got like 70,000 like followers on Facebook or something. Like they're basically some Facebook famous lesbians, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mom's up in the comments like because they're one of the one of the wife, um, one of the wives actually revealed that another trigger warning. So sorry, guys, that the her stepfather abused her, and mm-hmm. her mom is basically picking his side in regards to her being gay and saying that her being with a woman is wrong, it's disgusting and stuff like that. And she's basically telling her mom, how dare you? You are aware of what he did to me, but you are on the side of a paedophile rather than on the side of a queer person. Like, who does that make you? And she's told her, no matter how much she tries to show me, it is you that gave birth to me in Tema. No one else gave birth to me. I'm probably <laughs> one mother and it's going to be you. You are the mom. You are the person who gave birth to me in Tema. Don't mm. try me. Don't try to disown me because you can never. You were there the moment I was born. You mm. can't me. How could you? How could you just forget about that experience? You can't, no matter how much you try. And that's what she was telling her. And my mom was in the car. And you know what? The support that was in the comments here was so overwhelming. I expected it to be a very homophobic comment section. Yeah, it just wasn't. And a lot of them were based in Ghana. Mm. And I would say like ninety five percent of the comments I saw were in solidarity with them. And it, to me, it was like, do you know what? The Ghanaians are progressive, but it's just the homophobic. The homophobic people in Ghana is who hold the narrative. Yeah, yeah. It's the, and those are the people that are in power as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's what the issue is like. And even like the president, right? He, you know, as we said in our previous one of our previous episodes, he studied law. He was a human rights lawyer or what have you. And it's just such a shame that because you know the people around him that have power, you know believe that you know homosexuality is wrong and all of this stuff yeah he's going along with it too but he knows better he knows better and it's such a shame that he's not doing better is really really a, a human rights lawyer yeah it's a huge shame like, how could a human rights lawyer be acting like this that's sad that is fucking sad basically you're saying that we're not human because if you're a human rights lawyer you're so passionate about it that means you're saying that queer people are not human that's what it is because look at the way that they're being treated. They're not being treated like human. So, you know, I honestly, you know, we talk about this to raise awareness. Um, you know, right now we do feel helpless because we don't know what we can do. Um, but if there is anything that we can do, please, you know, use the hashtag Tutu's podcast and let us know. Again, we will, you know, we will post a link of the GoFundMe. Um, but yeah, it's just fucking sad. It's fucking yeah. Sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, and while we're on that note as well, I, I, I happen to be on the chair of a charity in Nigeria called One Action Group. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been since last year. I've never really spoken about this, but I am on the chair of a queer charity in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I do forget I am on the chair sometimes. Oh, but but they are currently raising money for to um, for an event in Nigeria that's going to just it's just about celebrating queer people in Nigeria. Um, 
and I'll be posting on my social media. I'm going to post on the Black LGBT um, therapy, therapy fun page. And yeah, just check it out and see if it's something you're interested in. But right now, not to say that one cause is more important than the other, mm-hmm. what you see is guardians in those people that are being held. We don't know what's happening to them. We don't know if any of them have lost life. We don't mm-hmm. know if any of them, apparently um, some of them needed medical care and they didn't get their medical care as well on the Friday. So medical care because what? They were going through something medical and they weren't given the care. They didn't expect. They haven't said what it is, but they were. They were. Um, I can only assume that they were physically assaulted. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think some of them also have pre-existing medical conditions mm. and they haven't been given their medication for that. Like, what if someone's diabetic? Mm. These just, are all these things that are stripped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are human, basic human needs. Like, and these right. are the things that have been stripped from. You know these people that have been arrested. Exactly. So right now, I think it's it's great to so if you can spare both, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Lives are in danger, and I think that is the urgency right now. But um, I just thought I'd mention that as well. So yeah, just on the lighter note, um, we are now moving on to speaking about it was Pansexual um, Awareness Day yesterday, and we thought we'd speak about um. Uh, how fluid our sexuality is and mm. how how much we're even open to being fluid in the first place mm. no. yeah I don't know I feel like sexuality is you know do you know what it's always changing and always evolving like when we speak about fluidity like it's just something that is not fixed Mm-hmm. And so you can be one thing one day and then one thing another day. Like, you know, obviously Kehlani was bi and then, you know, now she identifies as a lesbian and that's completely fine and valid. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and because it was pansexual, pansexuality visibility day or awareness day, it's just, it, it did make me think. It did make me think because for me personally, I do feel like I could date anyone I do, but do you know what? I'm not attracted to masculinity, mm-hmm. but you know, so anything in any form except for masculinity. Yeah. So yeah, I do think that I was telling my girlfriend and she was just like, yeah, right. She was just like, I just don't believe you. I was like, why not? She was like, you like bad bitches. And I was like, okay, that is true. Yeah, but that's, not, that's what's, That doesn't fit in masculinity though. But but she was saying that she can't see me dating because she was she can't see me dating like someone like me. That's what she was saying because yeah, I'm bad bitches. She wouldn't. Yeah, but it's masculinity doesn't always only appear in what you wear. Oh, you mean like person? Oh, you mean they wouldn't like someone that you like looks like you? You mean dresses like you? Yeah, she's saying that I wouldn't like somebody that dresses like me. I think you might. I think I might too. I think you might. I, I feel like it's not your preferred choice. And yeah. I don't know like you're going to turn around and be like, ew, just because they're no, just... Right. But I feel like if it was somebody that you knew and you grew to like them, I think mm-hmm. that you could. It's very possible. Yeah. It's very, very possible. And that's what I'm saying. Like masculinity doesn't only exist in clothing. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, like well, I could be masculine, I could wear masculine clothing, but internally I can be feminine. Yeah. And I feel like we both of us have feminine and masculine qualities, you know? So it's just... 100%. When I think about my fluidity, I think that it is... I um, I don't... 
I sometimes when I think about masculinity, I do sometimes wonder what if in 10 to 15 years' time, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I like men. Mm. Man? I do that some that is something that crosses my mind. What if I'm working with a man and I've worked with him I'm all with him every day and then one day I don't <laughs> him? Why does this feel like some sort of narrative, some story like <laughs> Go make this into a I film. I genuinely think that it's time to be a film. I genuinely think, I not that I think that's going to happen, but I do think, what if that happens? It's po- do you not think it's possible though? I do think it's possible, but I feel like is it something that I'd be open to? Is it something that I was? You know what? Don't, don't get me wrong; it's very unlikely, but it's still possible. It's, I mean, it's possible. It's, I don't want to say nothing is impossible. Mm, mm-hmm. And like, as it stands. I can't stand the mentality of cishet men. Mm. Like, as in, I'm okay with being friends with them, but even yeah. that, I can't, like, my male friends can't speak to me every day. Absolutely not. It's just, yeah. just not going to listen to them. <laughs> but, and I just don't find guys that funny. Yeah. But, and it's just, it's, it is really something that it's not on purpose. It just, it just is. But, and, like, so for, right now, in, in regards to me to be, to like be attracted to a man, I'm yeah. going to find what they say at least interesting and right now <laughs> I get that but what if the guy like he, he deviates from the quote-unquote you know cishet masculinity that we're used to what if he's not like what? those guys even people who are not like those guys when it comes to men there's just always even gay guys even queer guys any type of guy there's always a limit mm. to how I can commun- even like my gay male friends. Mm-hmm. I don't speak to them all the time. Do right. You know, I love them to bits. Don't get me wrong. I love mm-hmm. them all to bits. But I just feel like there's always a, a like there's always a wall there. Yeah. Like if they communicate with me, that's fine. But me communicating with them, mm-hmm. I just don't know what it is. There's just always a wall there, and I'm just really interested in women. <laughs> it's because. <laughs> That's so fair. Do you think it's because you because we, we relate women relate to women? Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, I think so. I think I think it is. I feel like even speaking to my gay friends, the guys, um, I'm they always I find them very interesting. I find them very interesting or interesting. This is hair men. Mm. I'm very interested in them. Um, I love to speak to them. I love the knowledge. Even the ones that come on our podcast, I see half of them as our queer siblings. Okay. Like I love them. But in regards to how close I'm gonna get to them, there's just mm-hmm. always a barrier. There's always a barrier. There's a barrier. Fair enough. What about physically? Do you ever find men physically attractive? I do. I do find men physically attractive. Some like there's the skeptic uploaded a picture, upload the picture today. That picture is hang. <laughs> yeah, that I get it. Yeah. Off, yeah. I and I, so I see men. I think I've even got up to men and said, mm, "You're nice." Mm. I don't really have a problem with telling the guy that he's attractive. You see me up and down on the timeline doing love hearts on men's pictures or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what. But I just don't think it's just there's, not a, dis- there's a disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough to be. There's not enough for them to be attractive because I'm like there are some very good looking black men. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's not enough for them to be attractive. And this is why, like my girlfriend always says. Men don't slap Because yeah They're Look fine back. Yeah they're fine They're good looking But there's just A disconnect mm-hmm. The older I'm getting I'm 100% realising That mm. men don't slap Do you know when people say Like men are trash People have been saying it For a while now mm-hmm. In the beginning I wouldn't say I've ever been on the men's side mm-hmm. But I was kind of, I didn't want to be A part of that men Because I was just like I mean they're not trash No You know what Yes They just don't slap That's what it is they Yeah 
And I think I've realised that from like having conversations with the guys in my family, mm-hmm. they say, I'm like, do you know what? You're just like all the others. <laughs> I love you but all the same there's just like this you know mentality that they all have and it's so boring right I'm sorry do you know what i love you guys i do if there's any men listening to this i do love you. i don't hate you but it's just a it's a preference when i say yeah that i you know women are like maggie cube and men are like salt and pepper i'm not lying I am not lying. That's just my preference. So even, do you know what? But the thing in me that, that think, the reason why I think I'm a bit pan is because I can, I feel like I could date anyone and people do come in different forms. So I'm just like, "Mm, it could happen. Yeah, it could, it could happen. But now how open are you to accepting it if it was to happen? I don't know about that, you know, because I think it would be such a mindfuck. Do you know what? Yeah, it's because it took me a while to get comfortable with me as I am now as a queer woman. And then to do a complete, not was a complete flip, but, you know, to go the other way or to turn a corner now, it would take a while for me to also get used to used to that. I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel, I don't know. It would have to happen. So when my my girlfriend's like, oh yeah, are you sure you could, your parents are sure? It would have to happen. Because also when, you know, I was, I realized that I was queer and my friend, one of my friends was like, so you're really going to eat pussy. I had a panic attack. So, (laughs) you know, there's that. Do you know what? I'm very honest with you. If it happened, no one's going to know it. I'll take it to my grave. (laughs) Nobody's going to find out. There's just things like there's just things I think I think oh I could do I could do that I could do it but that it's just like I'm I'm naturally curious so I always want to explore things that's just how I am and I've always been like that like my early twenties I was doing mad things because I was like I want to know what that feels like do you know what I'm saying that's always been my thing so I feel like that applies when it comes to my sexuality so. You know me, I might not take it to my grave, I might share it because me, I don't have that much shame. Like, you know, I might say it, but also I might not. Who knows? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think I'll take it to my grave because I would be so uncomfortable with it. Mm. And do you know what? Yeah, actually, I did in my early 20s, I did try. Like, even it was after I had come out already. Mm. And I thought, let me just try again. I mean, because when I came, I came out as bisexual. Yeah. So I thought, let me just try again. And even though I wasn't dating any men, I was still saying I was bisexual. I thought, let me try. So I went out on a date with a guy that I already knew that I'd been on a date with before. Mm. While I came out. I felt so uncomfortable just walking side by side with him on the streets. We weren't even holding hands. We were linking. I was looking around, so he was looking. I was thinking, no, who's anyone watching? Do you know how it feels like when you first come out and your first time you're hold, holding hands with a woman? That's, well, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Watching you. That is how I felt the guy. Exactly. It takes a time. It would take time to get used to the same way. Remember, yeah. when, remember when we went to that burlesque place and that guy chirped me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. <laughs> I went out on a date with him and I also, it was, it was uncomfortable. Mm. It was uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie to you. I couldn't imagine myself standing next to a guy. No, guys, I think I've, I feel like I've said this in podcast before. When then I was dancing with him, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've I, in my life. So uncomfortable. And I was some stiffest, stiffest wine I've ever seen. Listen, <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. And the thing is, I wanted to give him a chance because he was good looking. He was a creative, he was a drummer. 
I really wanted to give him a chance. That was a friendship. That, that was, was a friendship. friendship. That was it. Had to be just to be a friendship. Do you know what? And I'm so glad I didn't because when we went on a date. He wanted me to come back to his house, and I'm so glad I didn't go because I would have regret. I was horny, but I would have regretted it. Yeah, that's you, not the type it, of sex that I wanted in the moment as well. Yeah, I would have regretted it because it's happened yeah, before yeah. where I wanted to. I said, "Let me try." Like you, I said, "Oh, let me try one more time. Let me just mm. see. Let me just see." And I sex with a guy, and I regretted it while it was happening. <sighs> okay, I regretted it. What did you wear when you were on this date with him? I wore. Oh, I wore. Some high waist trowel, some high waist trousers, and um, a bralette. Okay, at least you tried. I went in some stud. <laughs> I was going at a stud. <laughs> you are so annoying. It was like two guys, homies out. I'm oh, done. And he, my mum was trying to put his arm around me. I was like, oh, kind of thing. I'm and so he's, actually, he's actually a pain guy. He's actually very good. Like, I should have picked up you because I've still got a picture on my, on my phone. Yeah. Tickles are right, well, he's nice. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, I can get him whatever. Do you know what I mean? I do you know what I mean. I'm definitely. <laughs> but no, it just wasn't my flavour. And I just feel like going forward, I do wonder if I'm not, if I wouldn't be one of the reasons why I wouldn't tell anyone is because mm. of how I feel is or how other people are gonna perceive me. I yeah. do part of it still of how other people are gonna perceive me, and that's wrong. Because the thing is, yeah, if you do decide to date a guy, yeah, one day if it ever happens, you're not necessarily going to change and become this femme presenting person. Like no. those two things are totally different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we attach it so much that we'd be like, okay, this doesn't look right. And then what are other people going to think? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm going to dress like this. If I'm going to date with a man, I'm going yeah. to dress like dress with that man. And you should. <laughs> <laughs> and you should. I don't feel like. Most is hit men. Mm. I feel like if I was going to a trans guy or someone who was non-binary or anything, yeah. Like that, yeah, I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. they'd be cool with it. But if I was going to a cis hit man, yeah, nah, be able to, nah, they 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 won't. They won't. This is why I think that I could date anyone apart from a cis hit. You know, what? I think I could date a trans man. I feel like I can date trans man, trans woman, non-binary, all of that, all of that. Yeah, I can be trans woman. I can date trans. I can date queer people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think that's why I'm pan. So, like, you know, obviously we're in relationships. I still, I still don't find trans men attractive. Mm. Uh, I don't think that I'm pan, but I do think I'm more. I'll be more open to it. One, yes, because you don't like men. That's why. I just don't like men So sorry If I was to be like Really close to It would happen It would probably happen More with a trans man Than it would With a cis head guy Yeah 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 Just because they're queer And queer people We have a certain understanding Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess humours And we're from the same community And we just relate In certain ways Yeah But um, I don't find trans men Attractive either Fair enough. I haven't seen one that I'm like, oh yeah. But you know, like I don't really see guys and say, oh yeah, like just in general. Like yeah, no, definitely not, oh yeah. It's definitely oh he's paying. Do you know what I mean? But not like yeah. yeah. Like I said, yeah. picture of Skeps today. Mm. Yeah. Remember that DLT guy? 
Which one? Uh, that he was like, he said something about to me when I, if I was ready for him. Oh, yes. <laughs> From what was that, two years back? Yeah, so, but I remember I saw you, oh, you weren't there. I saw him at the Christmas one before just before lockdown as well. The New Year's one when you were in um, Bali. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He wants to be there. And I was a Twiggy. Obviously, I was in, I'm in a relationship with Twiggy. Yeah. He wants to be and was, I gave him some hug and I was like, hi. <laughs> but I've never seen you act like that. <laughs> You know what is so funny, yeah, when it comes to guys, yeah, it's so funny, yeah. So I've noticed that when my dad comes round, yeah, I become this domesticated person. I'll be um, serving him, taking his plate, bringing his water, all of this, <laughs> yeah. And also I noticed that when we was at my girlfriend's house, our male friend came round and she served them first and stuff. And I brought up to her, I was like, why do we do this when it comes to men? We just turn into some different person when it comes to men. I, yeah, I've even noticed with the guy friend that like I let him do stuff, let him, you know, hold stuff or do the shopping or whatever. Like just, I just assume this role of, yeah, same. The submissive person. When I around my, my male friends who I actually spend time with. <laughs> It's the same. They, I let them open the door for me. I let them pay for my stuff when we go to the, when we go out. Like, I like it. <laughs> I love a bit of patriarchy. I like that part of patriarchy. I love that part of patriarchy, not the other parts of it. You know, it's so weird. Like, but we, oh, what are you gonna do, mate? What are you gonna I know. do? I'm when I say, oh, do you want a drink? I'm like, yeah, please. Thank you. <laughs> you want to pay for shit? It's like, yeah, of course. When my chick, when we're here, oh, I'm outside. Are you ready? Oh yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Like, listen, I don't bro my my male friends. I don't bro them. No, I'm not at that. I'm just all love, yeah. darling, all of this stuff. Mm. Trust me, like, because I'm telling you, life is hard, isn't it? Life is hard, yeah. If they're gonna pay, let them pay. <laughs> we like to be gentle women with our women. That's it. Yeah, with the men, you could be a gentleman to me. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I'll take that. Shit. For real. For real. When I said, especially one of them, shout out to Isaac, my my husband, he's my husband. Mm. He, when I say anything, if I say, oh, Isaac, oh, Isaac, he's like, oh, okay, don't worry, I got you, don't worry, I got you. So, hi, Isaac, how are you? <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> and he always said, he's always like, you might wear these clothes, yeah, but I just see as all the girls that I see it. girls. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just the clothes, bro. Yeah. It's just the clothes and the fact that obviously, yeah, we are attracted to women. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, that is pretty much it. Yeah, man. Let us know, yeah. Let us know. Use the hashtag TT's podcast. Let us know how you, if you're, especially if you're like a mass presenting babe, let us know if you do the same as us, if you just become <laughs> some little, you know, girly girl when, when there are men around. It's such a weird thing, but I've noticed it. I have noticed. You know what though, guys, I don't have a close relationship with. I'm not like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely not. The ones I have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. If we're just some guys I've just met out, no, 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 no. And I don't, I don't. I'll always have like my backup when it comes to men, and I'm gonna say black cis het men because that's who I'm around you know but when I'm around them and I don't know them I always have my backup because I just expect them to be bad vibes I expect them to be bad vibes because they only they'll only treat you a lot of them will only treat you respect if they're attracted to you and obviously I'm a mass presenting so that's unlikely or you know they know you they get to say they still have yours I mean yeah but they don't (laughs) want to a lot of them would not want to anyway but yeah so um I'll have my backup But re- recently we went to a party Went to a house party And straight off the bat 
shout out Natalie. Natalie's good friend, guy friend. He, I didn't expect it because obviously I had my back up. I okay. came through the door. I was like, oh, I'm so drunk. He was like, no, no, no. You need to get more. You need to get on the wave more. He got me a drink. He was so nice. When he left, he hugged me. That doesn't happen. He's really nice. We were actually speaking about him on the weekend because I went mm. out on the weekend mm. and we were speaking about him and she was just like, he's just so cool. Like he's just a he... cool guy. He's very accepting of everyone. Mm. Are, he's accepting. He doesn't have different energy for people. He's just a lovely person. Yep. And like, he, I don't think he sees sexuality. No, you shouldn't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't walk. Obviously we're masculine presenting and stuff. We walk into this space, and uh, but he doesn't, see it it's not something that he automatically mm-hmm. like changes how he's towards you because of it he's just yeah. very consistent with how he is with people he just he just treat you as a treat of other, other woman do you know what i mean yeah yeah it's really really nice but that that environment was really nice to be in mm-hmm. um also like it was funny we went to dlt the other week as well mm-hmm. and that girl that, that girl introduced us to um a guy no I don't think she introduced you she just introduced me to this guy mm. she's like, oh this is the, the, this is Ro like she got a podcast oh I remember oh, you, you, remember? Told me, you told me you told me after I wasn't yeah. there I wasn't there you told me after yeah and the, the guy was like oh yeah what's going on you're cool yeah you're cool whatever and I was like what's your name and the way he said hello to me he was very um not he was very like try, normal guys try to play extra extra cool like, mm-hmm. Cool, yeah, you're cool, yeah. Because he was just, and I was just like, Yeah, I'm good. Like, how are you? What's your name? And he said, Whatever he said. I said, Oh, and I said it wrong. I was like, duh, duh, duh. And he said, No, my name is. Duh, duh, duh. I said, Oh, he said, no. he said, No, I got it wrong like three times. And then mm-hmm. eventually, I was like, Okay, cool. I was like, All right, then I'm going to go, yeah, yeah. And then the girl was, Okay, I'm going with her. Bye. And the girl came with me. And then the girl was like, Oh, I did that on purpose because it's homophobic. And I was like, Oh, for real? <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, like, I wanted to see what his energy was going to be like. And she was mm-hmm. like, this he's threatened he's threatened and I was like she's like and then I knew that because I got his name wrong so many times he's probably thinking oh shit this fucking bitch yeah good I'm happy I got his name wrong so many times I didn't realise I didn't know he was homophobic like that Mm. but that day I did notice quite a few guys were look, looking at us though. And it's we had beautiful women around us. We went with our friends, our friends mm-hmm. have been doing that again. And they probably want to speak to them, but they just feel like they, no, I can't. Let, listen, listen, but if this is this is the thing that if they were good vibes guys, they would speak to them anyway. Like yeah. because we're there that oh, you are I don't know if you're threatened or if you just don't like us, you know, just because of the way we present. If it was good vibes, you would go and speak to them. You come and speak to us even. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you would be friendly, but you're not, you're just, you know, yeah. your corner, you're just in your corner, wanting to speak to girls and not having the courage to do or being too bad vibes to. That's your business. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So anyway. I think um, the current winner. It's, I think it's a short one this week, guys. It's yeah, one. it's a short we, one. We, we should stop it there. We should end it there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> guys. Thank you for listening. As always, you guys are the best, and we do it for you. <laughs> we, y'all, we, we do it for y'all. We do it for y'all. We do it for you. Um, love you. Make sure you use the hashtag Tutu's Cod Podcast in conversation. Uh, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and follow us on our social media as well. Like, tell us what you want to see on our socials. Like, we're trying to improve our, especially our Instagram page. Ciao. Yes, we. Tell really us what you want to see on there. Me and Anna 
don't take pictures. So we're going to start working on that. We are mm. going to start working on that. But other than that, give us some tips as well. Um, also, we have a producer now. Shout out to our producer. Um, we're not sure if you want us to say if you are your name, but shout out to you. Yeah, <laughs> shout, shout out to you. We we yeah. need. Do you know what? I feel a difference. In her being here and being our producer, I feel a difference. I feel a shift. I feel like, you know, things are just better. We needed her. We're glad yeah. to have her. She's amazing. Yeah. We're dope. So it's good vibes. Yeah. Um, and our producer is one of us. So we love it. Do you know what I mean? We love it. We do. Um, yeah, let me mention, though, before I forget, let me mention because I never mentioned on this podcast. I am fundraising for a short film. It's called Losing Joy. And it touches on mental health. It touches on, you know, loss and love. And is from the perspective of Black queer women. And, you know, we're trying to make something special. Um, so, yeah, I'm raising money. I will put the link in the description. I appreciate your support. Even if it's for you just sharing it, I appreciate that because, you know, community is so important and you lot are always we're always there for each other basically but yeah thank you guys let's get it let's get it cool until next week peace, peace.